Last night, we heard that three NYPD officers had ingested bleach at a Shake Shack when they ordered milkshakes. We're now hearing an update that there's no criminality involved, that essentially what's being said, the ingesting of the cleaner may have been accidental. Now, a lot of people don't believe it, especially considering several other stories that have popped up in the past week or so. In Alhambra, which is essentially the Los Angeles area, some police officers found a metal blade in their food. Some National Guardsmen ordered pizza and claimed they found broken glass cooked into the dough. Suffice it to say, there is a major attack on police in a variety of ways, particularly targeting their budgets. But when you add all these stories together, it paints a picture of people really hating the police and taking direct action against them in very horrifying ways. Now, again, we don't know if they were actually poisoned at Shake Shack. They claim that wasn't the case. A lot of people just don't believe it, considering what's happening. We're seeing certain divisions in police at various police departments shuttered. New York is reassigning 600 officers, for instance. Budgets are being reduced. The movement to defund the police or abolish the police is trucking along. Minneapolis will literally abolish their police and replace it with something different. Now, because of all this, the obvious is happening. Something called the Ferguson effect. Morale is tanking across the board. Resignations across the country police officers in large number quitting their departments. Now, the numbers we're seeing of these resignations are official resignations, and it's possible it's even worse than we realize because some cops may have just walked off the job. But the Ferguson effect, this is when morale tanks and supposedly in cities where police are accused of using excessive force, they no longer want to actually enforce certain laws or use certain techniques or training, which results in crime going up. In fact, during the nationwide riots, notably in New York, many people complained the NYPD was just standing around doing nothing while people looted buildings. And I talked about this. The reason? I mean, it's kind of obvious. If they stop the looters before they loot, then videos emerge showing the police just beating down on people and getting into fights with people, which will be spun to make it look like police brutality. If they do nothing and they let the rioters just riot about and loot, they get attacked. So it's a, it's a lose-lose. So why actually get involved? You, you might as well just let them loot. This is, in my opinion, an aspect of the Ferguson effect. Now, some people dispute this. They say it's not true, but I think that's silly. I think it's plain to see that when you tell police, if you do a certain thing, you will not be protected, they won't do it. Take, uh, take for instance, Buffalo. You saw that video where the old man got pushed down and hit his head. It's pretty contentious, and some people argue about what really happened. But regardless, some uh, 57 officers quit the emergency response team. The, the police union said this was in solidarity with these two officers who were being charged. But two officers spoke to a local outlet saying no. It's because they were told by the union they would have no legal protection if something happened. That is the Ferguson effect. Why would any cop stick their neck out being asked to enter a dangerous situation if they know they will just get in trouble if it goes south? Now, I want to start these stories by showing you what is absolutely damaging to morale, the poisoning and the sabotage, whatever you want to call it, of cops' food and what happened in these situations, then show you what's happening and how the police are responding. Before we get started, however, with the story from KTLA, Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. I do have a PO box as well, but sharing this video helps me overcome the algorithmic manipulation that YouTube employs. They actually prop up mainstream media and they hold back channels like mine. 
to be honest, I think it's actually getting better, but I don't want to be too excited yet. It seems like YouTube may actually be improving the algorithm and actually promoting individual YouTubers now. But until we know for sure, you can help out by sharing. If you just want to watch the video, then don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, and let's read the news. KTLA5 says police find metal blade in food from Alhambra restaurant. A group of San Marino police officers found a metal blade in their food uh, after picking it up from an Alhambra restaurant on Thursday. But the incident was believed to be accidental, officials said. The blade was found inside a meal prepared by Baja Cali Fish and Tacos. Members of the San Marino Police Department had phoned in a takeout order at the restaurant earlier in the day, according to Lieutenant Eddie Elizalde of the Alhambra Police Department. uh, Uniformed officers, I think it says unformed, I think uniformed officers officers picked up the order and brought it back to the police station. While one of the officers was eating her food, a metal cutting blade approximately 1.5 inches in length was found. Alhambra police began investigating the incident as a possible case of food tampering, but soon determined there did not appear to be any malicious intent involved. Now, I want to stop there, right? We have this story in New York at Shake Shack, and I'll show you this too. It's very possible that sometimes objects get in food. Sometimes cleaner is found in food. Now, here, here's, the, here's the issue I take with, uh, <laughs> with these stories. And I, I'm sorry, man. I think the simple solution doesn't support accidents in this regard. That's just my opinion. Okay, I, re- I don't really know anything else. I'm not going to allege anyone to anything wrong, but I'm just going to reserve judgment till we know. All of these different police, National Guard finding glass in their pizza, cops finding razor blades, New York Police Department ingesting cleaner. How did cleaner get in the cup in a Shake Shack? And we'll, and we'll talk about this in a second when I go over the story. But you have all these stories. It's entirely possible. It is coincidental, to be fair, because we don't know. And unless we have evidence, I can't assert anything. But I do think that, they, you know, when the police come out and say, oh, it was, an all, it was all an accident. I'm sorry, unless you can prove it and show me how this accidentally happened. I'm just going to say, I don't know. That's the best I can do. Now, naturally, many other people are saying, nah, I don't buy it, especially at a time when they're saying abolish the police. You have multiple instances. It's not just about finding food. Check this out. At one restaurant in Philadelphia, they refused to serve police. Quote, I, am, I realize I am not being a good businessman, says owner N.A. Poe, who happens to be an ex-felon. I am being an activist. And this is a battleground. So if you don't want to serve cops, that's your prerogative. But guess what? At another store, a restaurant chain closes locations after employees refuse to fill orders for police officers. They say, well, no one was fired last night. And if they want it, everyone's job remains intact. We understand emotions are high. This is an Ohio based restaurant. So come on. I'm sorry. I see a story about people saying no cops allowed in my restaurant. I see a story where the employees are refusing to fulfill this. Then I see a razor blade found in a cop's food. We see this story. Two SC National Guardsmen found glass baked into pizza they ordered while on DC deployment. Mind you, all of the sources I use are all certified by NewsGuard, okay? This is postandcourier.com, certified. This is KTLA5, certified. This is NBC Today, certified. And we have this story from Philly Mag. These are certified news sources. It's a private organization that determines these are real stories. I'm bringing this up because it is not a conspiracy. This is happening. Now, whether or not it's all intentional is a different question. But it brings me to what's going on with the NYPD having their uh, bleach or cleaner put in their drinks. No criminality by Shake Shack workers, NYPD says, after three cops sickened by drinking shakes. 
Shake Shack said in a statement, our team is working hard to get the full picture. In the meantime, we're relieved to hear the officers are all okay. Now, first and foremost, I would argue the simple solution is how many police departments do you have across the country? How many police do you have? How many burger joints? It is entirely possible. This seriously was an accident. And they all were, except for the ones where they're like, no cops allowed. That's obvious. They're saying they're activists. But is it just possible that we're looking for these things because we have a confirmation bias? Yes. Keep that in mind and don't let things get to your head. You have to be careful that because you're now looking for some kind of action against police, you now see every story as action against police. No, these could be accidents. But I do have questions nonetheless. Notably, let me read this story and explain and I'll explain to you why I kind of don't believe this was an accident. Now, I understand the official statement, and I really don't think I'd be really weird if there was like a conspiracy between Shake Shack and the high ranking NYPD to be like nothing happened and allow allow their cops to be poisoned. Now, I think if their cops were poisoned, they'd be like, yo, our cops were poisoned because actually I believe the, the, the New York Police Benevolent Association literally said it was intentional and then came back out and said, no, it turns out to be an accident. So let's read this. And I'll bring up an interesting point you're going you're gonna to like. The New York Police Department has found there was no criminality by Shake Shack employees in the matter of three police officers getting sick and taken to a hospital Monday night after drinking milkshakes from a restaurant in Manhattan. The officers were released from the hospital overnight, according to the NYPD. After a thorough investigation by the NYPD's Manhattan South investigators, it has been determined that there was no criminality by Shake Shack's employees. NYPD Chief Detectives Rodney Harrison said Tuesday morning, Shake Shack responded in a statement. Our team is working hard to get the full picture. In the meantime, we're relieved to hear the officers are okay. The NYPD did not say what may have caused the beverages to sicken the officers. Earlier, Shake Shack said it was disturbed by the incident and working with officials to find out what happened. We are horrified by the reports of police officers injured at our 200 Broadway shack in Manhattan. The popular chain tweeted Monday night. We are working with police in their, in their investigation right now. The Police Benevolent Association, a police union, said the sickened officers had been on a protest detail and visited a lower Manhattan location of the burger chain at around 8.30 p.m. And that's it. That's all we have. Okay, what does that mean? No criminality. Could they have come out and said that there was no cleaner or bleach put in their drinks? If there wasn't and they found there wasn't, wouldn't they have said that? Could it be that these three cops simply overreacted because of all of these stories, tasted something, and then got themselves sick just by thinking, oh no, oh no, what if I ate something? And it was all psychosomatic, went to the hospital, it turned out to be nothing happened. Or as I've read in some stories, they actually did get sick. They did go to the hospital. And I'm not, I can't assume the police just made up their illness. Then how did Cleaner get in this? And how is it not criminal? I got to say, I don't know. But I really do think it's important the NYPD explain exactly what happened here. And if it embarrasses the police, so be it. We cannot have this going unanswered. If it was true that there was cleaner of some sort in their drinks, some people have reported that it wasn't uh, intentional. If that's the case, then how did disposable cups get cleaner in them? Could it have come from the factory or something? Honestly, don't know. Now, the left is arguing that these police just made the whole thing up. I don't believe it was made up because the police went to the hospital, but maybe these three cops were staging a false flag. Ooh. You know what the problem here is? No matter which way you try to spin it, there's a weird conspiracy. What's the conspiracy? That 
the cops uh, didn't really get sick and faked it like the left believes. All of these progressives saying the cops were, were lying about it. I don't believe there's a conspiracy among the NYPD to convince people that they're being poisoned. Could it be that the, the employees at Shake Shack did put cleaner in this? I don't think there's a conspiracy between the police and the Shake Shack to cover up someone poisoning cops. In which case, could it just be that there are some disposable cups and they were faulty? But then why did only three cops get sick? No matter how you spin it, something doesn't add up here. So that's the best I can put it. I draw no conclusion, none whatsoever. <laughs> You'll have to decide because I can already tell what's going to happen. We're going to have all these lefties being, ah, I got Tim. He's a conspiracy theorist. Well, what do you want me to say? There's literally no conclusion other than cops got sick. No crime was committed. And we have no idea what happened. None whatsoever. How did they get sick? Don't know. So I'll leave that for you to decide. And you can comment below and let me know what you think. But you look at all these other stories. Glass found. I mean, look, I got to be honest, man. When this story about the National Guard finding glass in their pizza, I was like, nah, I'm not going near that one. I don't buy it. But the story has since been updated and that's it. They found glass. Okay. Some cops found a razor blade. Is this just us now looking for these stories? Like how often do cops find stuff in their food? Maybe a lot. And maybe we don't talk about it. And maybe now we're focusing on it and maybe it's a real problem. Maybe we should talk about it. Otherwise, we will get to entertain and we likely will a summer of the blue flu. You know what the blue flu is? Blue flu is when all the cops just seemingly come down with a bad case of the coughs and they call in sick and then there are no cops and it happens relatively often. It's a clever way for police to go on strike without formally going on strike. There's something else too called the Ferguson effect, but let me show you this. Now, you may have seen the video I did a few days ago because I got a ton of views about police across the country resigning. Yes, they are. CNN now aggregating many of these stories. Police officers across the U.S. have quit their jobs in recent days. Here is where there have been resignations. They say in Minneapolis, Atlanta, South Florida, Buffalo. These are the places they, they, they are now talking about. But Atlanta is the big update. Now, there's some conflicting information. They say the Atlanta Police Foundation reported 19 officers had resigned since the start of social justice protests. The foundation has since retracted that incorrect number. They are now saying it is eight. However, as they stated in, in, in Minneapolis, the number they have are just formal resignations, which uh, so so let me read you what they say about uh, Minneapolis CNN reporting. At least seven officers resigned from the department since protests sparked by Floyd's death in late May flooded the city's streets. More than half a dozen officers are in the process of leaving. The number of officers who are no longer the department doesn't include the four men who were involved in Floyd's death. And uh, here's a quote. There's nothing that leads us to believe that at this point, the numbers are so great that it's going to be problematic. And that's according to police spokesman John Elder. uh, People seek to leave unemployment for a myriad of reasons. The MPD is no exception. Members of the department condemned the actions of Chauvin. Now, they also stated, and this was to the, uh, I believe, the Star Tribune in Minneapolis, that there may have been several officers who are just gone. And they think so. So I'll put it simply. In my younger days, I had many jobs where I simply just stopped showing up. And they don't know that you quit or where you've gone. And then after a couple days, they're like, I guess they don't work here anymore. It's entirely possible many cops have already done this. So the latest update here is that In Atlanta, we have seen a confirmed number, eight police officers resigning. There was also another story of a cop, a a, a 10-year veteran of of the force. I believe it may have been in Ohio or New Hampshire. I'm not entirely sure. I I covered this a couple days ago. 
just abruptly quit, put out a video saying there's a crusade against police. I'm out. Whether or not any of these stories about finding weird stuff in their food are specifically about targeting police, you have to understand the cops probably feel that it is. And this is what I try and tell people when they talk about, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. I'm like, you are correct. Facts, facts literally don't care about your feelings. However, we as humans need to consider how people feel because they react accordingly. All right. Facts should be the basis for which we make plans. But sometimes the fact is people react emotionally to circumstances and we need to figure out how we can solve that problem. So, yes, managing people's emotions does matter. And it's unfortunate, too, that sometimes their emotions are not rooted in fact. If the police right now, for whatever reason, feel like they're under attack and they stop policing, we're going to be in trouble. If they stage a blue blue flu, we're going to be in trouble. And there have been many people calling for the police to do this. Go look at Twitter, man. There's a lot of high profile people saying maybe it's time the cops come down with some blue flu and so that people can remember exactly why they need the police. We do need the police, man. I really do like the idea of police reform. We got Trump signing an executive order. It may it may do some positive things. We're hearing some pretty good ideas across the board. One of the things that actually surprised me is a lot of departments are actually entertaining now a kind of social worker response team or civil guard type unit that doesn't do lethal force, that doesn't make arrests and responds to calls pertaining to public nuisance, disorderly conduct, homelessness, things like that. So that instead of having cops show up who need to deal with criminals, people who are maybe in need of help will get someone and it could be a safer, a better situation. However you want to describe it, I think that actually makes sense. Now, there's been a couple big changes. Uh, One of the big stories is that NYPD reassigned roughly 600 plainclothes officers, closing a chapter on stop and frisk. I actually think stop and frisk is really, really bad. For those that aren't familiar, it's essentially a New York City policy on gun control. It literally is. I know it's it's weird. But what they do is they go and they frisk uh, uh, people. They stop them. They frisk them. They're looking for guns and they predominantly target minority areas. Now, Bloomberg said he did it specifically for racial profiling reasons. I'm not exaggerating. He did. Uh, and, and, and others argue it's simply about where the crime is, which is another thing Bloomberg argued. But re- regardless, the left views it as racist. And I think the right should view it as, as overt gun control of trying to frisk people down. And uh, regardless of this, NYPD is, is closing this chapter, reassigning officers. But this is resulting across the board in more uh, the lowering of morale. LAPD has run out of cash and can't pay officers overtime. Morale is at rock bottom. COVID-19 and protests have depleted the budget. So yeah, maybe the police aren't going to start showing up, man. We have this story from, uh, I believe this is Kansas City. They say KC police chief says protests have shaken officers morale. This is Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. Now you got to understand, man, this is actually intentional on the part of many of the far left activists. Regular Americans are probably concerned about police reform. I know I am 100%. I see a lot of arguments. They say that nine, nine unarmed black men were killed by police in this past year. The Wall Street Journal published a story saying it's a myth. Systemic racism in the police department, things like that is a myth. And I don't necessarily agree with that assessment, but I do agree the number of unarmed black men is extremely low. And a lot of the leftist activists have gone way over the top over this. I also think it's fair to say, I don't care what that number is. If there is a number, it's a problem. So if that number were one, I'd still be like, don't care, man. We got it. We got to figure out why this one person got killed. If it's nine, that's nine people. We got to figure out why they got killed. And you know what? 
if we can institute reforms that will protect the police, boost their morale, save on budgets and help our communities, bro, we can always do things better, right? Yes. And we should. So that's why I like the idea of the civil guard. We don't got to send out police into situations where there may be someone who's ill, sick, homeless, or, uh, you know, people just arguing with each other and like a, a, a neighborly disturbance or something. We don't got to send cops into harm's way. We can send out community social work kinds of uh, things. And there will be an overlap between the two. But it does make sense. There have been a lot of stories of like homeless people. Someone calls the cops on them and then bad stuff happens. All right. There's a video going viral right now of a homeless guy yelling at the cops, F you, and they, they shoot him. Perhaps they didn't need to send out cops to that, situ- that situation. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know that, you know, what situation requires what level of force. But I do think it's fair to say cops shouldn't be responding to petty nonsense. They should be the people who run in to save our lives, right? I think about it like firefighters. Firefighters show up for sometimes kind of petty things. They'll do ambulance assists. And sometimes personally, I'm like, well, I wonder why they do that. But it, it's policy. No one really cares because they're not enforcing anything. But, but firefighters and police are both the people who run into the danger to save our lives. A lot of people view police negatively for a lot of reasons and have a bias against them for getting pulled over. What, there was one a forum where a trucker said, the only time I ever see cops is when they're pulling me over. Well, maybe we need to figure out a way to separate the people who are going to run into the danger situation, guns ablazing to save our lives, and the people who write us tickets for minor infractions and break up neighborly disputes, things like that. Maybe that will actually solve some of these problems. I'm not going to pretend like I know for sure. What I can say is we've got a problem with police morale, police resignations, and we've got a problem with, you know, the perception of police. Many people view them as using overt excessive force in too many circumstances. And I've been on the short end of that stick with cops arresting me for false reasons. 100% I have. I've also been saved by cops. In Philadelphia in the past week, there was a concern that a blue flu would start to emerge because there's talk of this stuff happening. And it's happened before. Police union suggests work slowdown after NYPD's officer is fired in Eric Garner's death. And the and Eric Garner's death, I think, was wrong. The guy was selling, what are they called, Lucy's? He was selling single cigarettes. So the cops, a bunch of cops try to stop him. And one guy goes up behind him, grabs him by the neck. Eric Garner ends up dying. Why did that happen? Okay, that shouldn't have to happen. But I guess one of the, one of the things that a lot of people don't want to talk about, but I'll talk about it, is that in a lot of these videos I see, the people resist. They refuse to be arrested or detained or put their hands behind their back. Recently in New Mexico, protesters, let's call them rioters because they want, I don't know what you want to call them. They're trying to tear down a statue. One guy gets shot. He was beating on some dude. There's a lot of developments here. Maybe I'll do an update on 6 p.m. But long story short, there's some militia members, fights break out. Some dude runs away. Some far leftists chase after him. They're beating him. He pulls out a weapon. He shoots one of the act, one of the far leftists. When the police show up, all of the men, including many militiamen who apparently are saying they're not involved, and the man with the weapon immediately land their stomachs and put their hands behind their back before any cop even approaches them. I think this shows you a huge difference in cultural issues as to why we might see these these stories like Eric Garner. There was a a, a, a video of a man being shot by cops. And he was pulling up his baggy pants. The cop panicked and shot him. There are cultural issues that play a role in why cops do certain things. I'm not saying that every single person who's been shot was was not complying. I'm just saying in some of these stories we see, whether it's a white person, a black person, a Latino, you got to take in consideration how they behaved. With that being said, you have the story of like Breonna Taylor who's like sleeping in her bed. 
You have stories of people who are literally in their homes and a no knock raid happens. And these guys don't know who's breaking into their house. And yeah, or you have the story, I believe it was Philando Castile, a legal gun owner. And he gets pulled over and the cop panics and shoots him several times. So it's not always just about someone, you know, resisting or whatever. But I, I just want to make sure this is clear. However, that being said, I think we, we can do for reform, as I've made that point several, several, uh, many, many times. But I do want to make sure I highlight, because we're, we're going pretty long, the Ferguson effect over on Wikipedia. The Ferguson effect is the theory that increased distrust of police following the 2014 shooting of Michael Brown had led to an increased crime rate, sometimes an increased murder rate. The mechanism usually suggested is that police have less vigorous enforcement in situations that might lead to a backlash, though other mechanisms are suggested. The term was coined by Doyle Sam Dotson III, the chief of the St. Louis police, to account for an increased murder rate in some U.S. cities following the Ferguson unrest. Data suggests that violent crime was elevated and rose more in cities where concern about police violence was greatest. This is disputed. Personally, I think it's obvious. Like we, we literally saw journalists in New York saying, why won't the police stop the looting? I'm worried about this. Look, man, I've had bad issues with police. I tweeted about it earlier that I was wrongly, I was falsely arrested because I was accused of theft. And when, when the security guards found out I did nothing, I, I did nothing wrong. They, they falsified their report to the police. They lied to the cops and the, co- the cops just went along with it. You know why? Because we were told, hey man, we got to work with these guys. So we're just going to do what they say. There was nothing on us. We had stolen nothing. It was me and my brother. And we still got arrested for it. And we had to go through trial. And in the end, we were told by the judge not to sue. It's a bad hair day. How about I let you off if you agree not to sue? That's crazy, man. I've had cops try, try planting stuff in my car. I've, ha- I've been arrested for skateboarding on trumped up charges. I've dealt with this stuff and I still recognize, you know what, man? There are human beings working these police departments, okay? The human beings behave like human beings. Sometimes they don't want to deal with petty BS and they behave inappropriately. Sometimes it results in wrongful arrests. I would like to see this changed somehow, and I would like to see bad cops be held to account. I also recognize a lot of cops are just showing up to work, and you've got to take that into consideration when you start mouthing off to them or or whatever. If a cop is going to violate your rights, you have a legal system to remedy this, but fighting with them won't stop it. It'll make it worse. It'll actually give them justification, so don't do it. I once filmed a journalist being wrongfully arrested and the cops lied. He got the charges dismissed because of my footage, the, uh, the journalist. Unfortunately, the cop got to lie under oath on, the, on their police report and they got away with it. That makes me angry. Very, very angry. But I still recognize that you need police. I want police reform. I wanted that cop who lied under oath to have their badge taken away for lying under oath. I mean, come on, that's a crime, right? They get away with it. They get away with it too much. That just means we need reform, man. We are a country of reform. We, we have made so many amazing and tremendous reforms. That's all we've ever done. Since the inception of this country, we have reformed our constitution over and over and over again. I mean, the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments, we're like, we better add these things. We better change this. Then we have laws popping up over and over again. Supreme Court just ruled in favor of LGBT rights. A lot of people are mad about it, but there you go. It's reform. We don't have violent revolutions to make these changes. And so when people say to me, the police must be abolished. No, they shouldn't. We have routinely solved these problems by just sitting down and talking about it. What you're doing is making things worse with all of this. 
The Ferguson effect will be bad and you will regret it. Let me show you how. Check this out. Seattle business owner says police never responded to a burglary at his shop in the chop zone. The Capitol Hill organized protest or occupied protest, whatever it means. Yeah, the cops aren't going to show up. So now innocent people are having their businesses vandalized. Or here's a funny one. The guy who went to Capitol Hill armed got his rifle and full kit stolen. And he goes, but, but it was at someone's house outside of the, the, the Capitol Hill uh, autonomous zone, the chop. He called the police. There's another video of a man who went just outside this zone in Seattle. And I bring this up because no cop co-op, they say. And he got jumped by some, uh, they, they allege Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer kind of guys had his phone stolen. What did he do? He called the police. It is mind blowing to me that even these people were like, I called the police and reported it. You're out there protesting against the cops, dude. Do you not realize how absurd this is? Listen, police are human beings. They're people just like you, and they will probably behave in very much the same way, but they're in somewhat different circumstances. If they're not going to be held to account, then they often will believe that there will be no accountability for their actions, and they'll get away with it. And there have been bad cops. We need reform. That way, we protect the good cops. That way, we keep our neighborhoods safer, and we have accountability for the bad cops. It's just that simple. We will boost police morale. Now, listen, it's very simple to say reform. Reform can mean anything. What I'm simply saying is don't walk into a police department, insult all these cops, tell them they're the worst people in the world. And then you have these stories of weird trash being found in their food. No, it results in the people who are supposed to be protecting you stopping because you won't because you don't like what they're doing. I'll tell you what you will like less. What's going on in, in, in the Capitol Hill zone? Now, look, your stuff can get stolen anywhere. All right. His, his weapon, his kit could have been stolen anywhere. And he would have called the police. But he's literally down there defending a protest, trying to call for the abolition of police. And then as soon as his stuff is stolen, what does he do? He calls for the police. Go watch what happens in the Chaz. When people are vandalizing property and buildings, the fire department won't show up. The cops won't show up. And so they have armed vigilantes roaming the streets of the occupied protest or organized protest, and they can't figure out who did what or do anything about it. So maybe you'll need to realize that when the cops are gone, crime will go up and you will not like it. We need reform. But hey, to the cops with this weird stuff in their food, I don't know what to say about it. Maybe it's all accidental, but I, I, I want everyone to remain safe. I want the, all the violence to chill out. I want people to realize we live in a very great country and y'all are making it crazy worse by going around doing this stuff. We can get reform. Uh, Andrew Cuomo said, you've won. Tell us what you want. They just escalate. It's like, okay, now you can have what you want. It's like a, it's like a, a dog chasing a car. They don't know what to do once they've caught it. Yeah, the Joker said that in the dark night. It's kind of apt in my opinion. So I guess we, we, we may get these reforms. We're starting to see some of it. Maybe that's a good thing. But I, I fear that many of these activists don't actually want reform. They want revolution. And that is what's scary. We don't need revolution. We just need to fix some of these problems and then carry on. But I'll leave it there. The next segment will be coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you then. Yesterday, some far-left activists got a lesson in what happens when people without guns try to fight people with guns. And one of these far-left Antifa-type individuals got shot, I believe, possibly several times. The gist of the story, so I don't bear the lead, is that a group of far-leftists were trying to tear down a statue. A militia, called as uh, they call themselves the New Mexico Civil Guard, showed up to defend the statue. When scuffles broke out, things got heated. 
Eventually, the New Mexico Civil Guard started to back off and the far leftists threw a rope over the statue and tried pulling it down. One man who is presumed to be a member of the militia was in a scuffle with the, uh, the far left extremists who then started you know, hitting him and beating on, uh, beating on him. He may have pepper sprayed. Somebody may have pepper sprayed. It's hard to know exactly what happens. But following this first scuffle, what happens next is clear. A man in a blue shirt begins to retreat from the crowd to run away. Several people then chase after him, yelling things like, get him. One guy yells something like, we are going to kill you. People, uh, two people are seen on video beating this man who draws his weapon. You can see it in his hand. And there's a guy, I think he's, I think he's hitting him with a skateboard. And the, 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 the guy in the blue shirt who's being beaten then fires several shots. The man in, in, who was wearing all black is then laying on the ground as medics come to treat him. The New Mexico uh, uh, police, I believe it's the police, come in and they arrest the New Mexico Civil Guard, the militia. Now, it's interesting to me and worrisome, in fact, that the uh, I believe local politicians have come out against the local militia, saying that they were showing up with guns to intimidate the crowd. And that presents a very, very serious problem. The police weren't enforcing protecting public property, that these protesters had the intent to destroy, to make an offensive maneuver, albeit against property. And the New Mexico Civil Guard came out to defend that property. There's a big difference between defense and offense. If you want to see a statue, a statue taken down, you can vote on it. We are a nation of laws. We're not a nation of angry, random mobs of a small group of people deciding they get to uh, determine what's best for us. Unfortunately for the people in New Mexico, the police are not enforcing these laws and they're not protecting your property. So this gives way to uh, uh, right wing groups to stand up and defend the property where the state won't. Now, this is not an endorsement of anything they're doing. I'm saying it's a natural consequence. Somebody will rise up to try and uphold the law if the police won't do it. So there's the gist of things. I want to read this story for you. And we've got some updates. Some people are trying to argue that the man who shot was antagonizing the crowd. Therefore, it's justified that they were beating him. I'm sorry, man. Listen, they chased after him. That's it. That's it. No matter what he did up until he could have in- insulted their mothers and smacked them around and flicked their ears and threatened their lives. But as soon as he ran away and they chased after him, they became the aggressors and they lose, in, as far as I can tell, legal standing. But I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, so we'll see how things play out. But a lot of people I do see saying, look, man, if, if someone's running away and you yell, we're going to kill you, and then c- several people start beating on you, I'm pretty sure that's clear-cut self-defense. The New York Times says, man is shot at protest over statue of New Mexico's conquistador. Two statues of Juan de Oñate have been removed are being removed after long simmering tensions between Native Americans and Hispanics over Spain's conquest of New Mexico. Gunfire broke out during a protest Monday night in Albuquerque to demand the removal of a statue of Juan de Oñate, the despotic conquistador of New Mexico, whose image has become the the latest target in demonstrations across the country aimed at writing a history of racial injustice. Oh, and don't you love just how the New York Times frames everything? As dozens of people gathered around the statue of Oñate, New Mexico's 16th century colonial governor shouting matches, uh, shouting matches erupted over proposals to take it down. And a man was shot, prompting police officers in riot gear to rush in. Perhaps the police officers should have been there in the first place to stop a mob of lunatics from tearing down public property. OK, look, I'll be honest. I don't know the, the inner workings of this local jurisdiction, I believe, in Albuquerque. Maybe the, the mob for some reason was sanctioned to do it. I have no idea. But look, it doesn't even matter. 
It doesn't matter who was right or wrong about the statue. It doesn't matter if, if, the, if the guard was right or wrong to keep it, if the protesters were right or wrong to leave it. It matters that they chased after a guy and started beating him. Nothing, let's, all right, let's read. The man who was unidentified was taken away in an ambulance, and the police took into custody several members of a right-wing militia who were dressed in camouflage and carrying military-style rifles. It was not clear whether any of them had fired the shot. Witnesses said the gunman was a white man in a blue t-shirt. So I believe we do have an update here. They say police used chemical irritants and flashbangs to protect officers and detain individuals involved in the shooting. The Albuquerque Police Department said in a news release, the individuals were disarmed and taken into custody for questioning, not arrested. Chief Michael uh, Gear of the Albuquerque Police Department said on Twitter that authorities were investigating reports that vigilante groups instigated the violence. If this is true, he said, the department will be holding them accountable to the fullest extent of the law, including federal hate group designation and prosecution. Do you know where this goes? Law enforcement, man, do we have serious problems in this country. Our local law enforcement sits idly by and does nothing as mobs are going around destroying statues. They tore down a statue of Thomas Jefferson. They are not just targeting conquistadors. And these cops are doing nothing about it. I'm not saying it's right for anyone to show up with guns and defend this property. I'm saying it will get ha- it will keep happening. It will get worse and they will turn on you. In South Philadelphia, I think like a hundred plus, maybe hundreds of men showed up with uh, mostly with nothing but some with baseball bats guarding a statue of Christopher Columbus from far leftists. It's going to keep happening. It's going to escalate. You're going to see more militias show up. The police are then going to say, but the mobs are allowed to do this. Are you are you nuts? Maybe if the police would actually stop this. It's really funny to sit back, you know, watching this from afar as the police and our government do literally nothing as violent mobs destroy our cities, riot and tear down statues. And it just keeps getting worse. And then they they just they they do nothing but blame the, the, the militias that are saying, hey, how about you don't go around destroying things? Well, in this instance, look, somebody got shot right? So determining who's at fault will be important. And based on the videos I've seen that have gone viral, it really does look like the crowd chased the man and then he shot them. There's no, that's it. Sorry. End of story. We have a law. We have a certain expectation that people can flee and you can't chase them. Let me show you this update. Um, Well, here's what they say. The victim was in critical but stable condition. I mean, I think it took several rounds because apparently four rounds were shot. The protests turned into pandemonium after the shooting, and protesters screamed and dove for cover as police officers attempted to secure the scene. The police used chemical irritants and stun grenades to protect officers and detain individuals. We read that already. Thanks for rewriting it, New York Times. Hours, hours later, Mayor Tim Keller announced that the Onyade statue would be removed until the appropriate civic institutions could determine how to proceed. The shooting tonight was a tragic, outrageous, and unacceptable act of violence, and it has no place in our city, the mayor wrote on Twitter. Our diverse community will not be deterred by acts meant to divide or silence us. Perhaps the mayor didn't actually watch the video. Our hearts go out to the victim, his family, and witnesses whose lives were needlessly threatened tonight. The sculpture has now become an urgent matter of public safety. The victim, was that the guy being beaten by several people, one with a skateboard about to whack him in the face? Or is he talking about the guy who chased after him with his friends yelling, we're going to kill you? Uh, Interesting question, right? The protest over the statue came on the same day that political leaders in Albuquerque announced a sweeping reorganization of policing in the city, shifting funds away from its scandal-plagued police department to create new community safety department, a new, to create a new one. The initiative will give 911 dispatchers the option of a community safety response aimed at de-escalating situations 
rather than involving police officers or firefighters. The new department is expected to respond to calls related to homelessness, addiction, and mental health. Hey, that's amazing. Isn't that what I was talking about all these past several days? Like some kind of civil guard that doesn't handle firefights, overt criminality, civil guard that can deal with lower level issues. Hey, there we go, man, right? Police officers were not seeing during the early portions of Monday night's protest over the statue, which marked a new phase in the debate over racial inequities that began with the death of George Floyd. Yeah, yeah, we get it. As protesters across the country have targeted a variety of symbols of racial injustice, including statues of Christopher Columbus, the protests in New Mexico are evolving to target symbols of colonial atrocities and Thomas Jefferson in Portland. Earlier in the day, authorities in the northern town of Alcalde removed a different statue of Oñate, whose brutal rule as provincial governor put into motion centuries of Spanish rule in the region. Let me just tell you something. You know, it was freaky. The New York Times recently had a revolt where the woke far leftists won. And now the framing of all their stories is very, very obvious. They shouldn't be telling us, listen to this, they, they, uh, whose brutal rule as provincial governor put into motion centuries of Spanish rule in the region. This is brutal rule. Maybe it's true, but you got to understand it's framing. And it's not necessary to the story right now. You can just say that he was a colonial leader. Many, uh, the people, the protesters feel that colonial leaders, yada, yada, yada. The New York Times is taking is presenting us framing devices from the left wing perspective, just like we saw with the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or occupied protest, whatever it is they're calling it now. The agitation against honoring Oñate reflects a tension that is long festered between Native Americans and Hispanics over Spain's conquest more than four centuries ago. With protests this year over police violence unleashing a broader questioning of race relations in this part of the West. Oñate's period as governor was marked by a violent repression, considered severe even by the standards of his time. He killed 800 indigenous people in the Acoma Pueblo and ordered his men. Okay, listen, I got a question. Why is the New York Times giving us a history lesson on their perspective of who this guy is? That's going to influence your view of who was right or who was wrong, especially after you read the message from the mayor. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you the merits of this colonial leader, what he did or didn't do. I don't care. That has nothing to do with the factual news events that are happening today of whether or not a fight that broke out was justified. In order to de-escalate p- pending conflict, we can ignore our personal framing or our subjective framing of what the story should be. I mean, we could very easily start talking about the Native Americans' savagery or whatever else that they, they would want to claim. They're taking a left-wing perspective on this that has no merit on the story that I find particularly uh, worrisome as we move forward. But hey, don't say I didn't, I didn't tell you so. Uh, I, I don't say I didn't tell you this was going to happen. When I said I did a segment on the New York Times being purged, we are seeing now, I think, eight or nine major media institutions having their leadership purged, even ABC News. What this means now is that all of the stories you're going to see will always make sure to frame the left as the heroes. But let me break something down for you. A group of people without the will of the people, just on their own, of their own ideology, went to destroy public property. It's my understanding it is public property, right? The statue, there's a petition calling for its removal, but no one's made any decisions. Well, we are not a dictatorship or a fundamentalist fanaticist government where zealots can go around destroying things and we're okay with it. We are a country where if you want to make changes, we have to agree to them. And sometimes we lose out because we are in the minority, but we elect representatives 
who then go and make decisions. On certain issues, we have a city council meeting. We might say, hey, you know what? We all vote in favor of removing this. Some people might get mad and say, no, don't remove it. But you know what? We voted. It's, it's going to happen. Okay. Government can't, you know, these systems aren't perfect, but we do, we do our best. The New York Times is now framing a group of fanatics with a zealous ideology. They're framing them as the good guys who were victimized by the right wing militia defending the evil, colonial, brutal dictator, whatever. Framing is a relevant situation. We, we, I, I can break it down very simply. A bunch of guys showed up to defend a statue that was public property. A bunch of leftists came to tear down that statue. A fight broke out. They chased after one of the right wing guys. They beat him. He shot in self-defense. That's all, that, that's all you need to know. Now, of course, I have my framing. I'll call them far left extremists, but let's be honest. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna break down the histories. Try and tell you who was the good, like you know, what was right or what was wrong in their morality. But I absolutely will break down as it pertains to the rule of law. You can't show up and destroy things that is illegal, and that's the framing you need to understand. Well, apparently they issued some long statement, which is, in my opinion, terrifying. The governor's office sent a statement. So I, I read to you the statement from the mayor already. The governor said, although we're still learning uh, more about the situation, I am horrified and disgusted beyond words by the reports of violence at a protest Monday night in Albuquerque. The heavily armed individuals who flaunted themselves at the protest, calling themselves a civil guard, were there for one reason, to menace protesters, to present an unsanctioned show of unregulated force, to menace the people of New Mexico with weaponry, with an implicit threat of violence, is on its face unacceptable. That violence did not indeed occur uh, that violence did indeed occur is unspeakable. I am monitoring the situation. My administration is in touch with local officials. The individual who was injured is in my prayers, and I'm thinking of their family and friends. Let me let me clear. There is absolutely no space in New Mexico for any violent would-be militia seeking to terrorize New Mexicans. And there is no space for violence of any kind on our streets and in our communities, or for any sort of escalation of reckless, violent rhetoric, no matter who strikes first. The instigators this evening will be rooted out. They will be investigated and they will be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. No, they won't. Morality policing is here and I hope you've been paying attention. In New York, they are dropping the charges on protesters involved in the Black Lives Matter protests while telling churches they're not allowed to sing. They're not allowed to show up. They can't go and pray. They welded the gates shut to a Jewish playground. That's what's happening with morality policing. In Fort Worth, they announced that rioting charges will be dropped. When Tucker Carlson covered this on his show, Fort Worth's police came out and said, Tucker Carlson is lying. We never said that. They actually did. Now, there's some semantic debates over what they really meant. But Tucker Carlson made reference to looting and rioting and vandalism and that the charges are being dropped. And then Fort Worth came out and said, that's not true. Never happened. They did. Fort Worth issued a statement saying rioting charges would be dropped. No one took that to mean the charge specifically of rioting. People thought that meant rioting in the sense that the various crimes associated with the riot. In Fort Worth and in New York, they're dropping the charges for ideological reasons. In New Mexico, whether you like the right wing militia or not, it is you are you are allowed to open carry. Same as the people in Chaz in Seattle, you are allowed to open carry. So they show up to a, to a statue, open carrying, and they tell people not to destroy property. Yet they're being vilified as the bad guys. You know why? Because we are, we are now facing ideological government. And perhaps there's nothing we can do about it. It's, it's too pervasive. There's, there's no way to necessarily uh, separate the ideology from the government at this point. 
and it's going to tear us apart from the inside out. There was a story the other day that uh, three cops, uh, the reason I'm not, use, I'm, I'm not leading with this um, is because it's, it's, there's some investigation ongoing, they're clarifying, but three cops in New York initially were claimed to have been intentionally poisoned, intentionally poisoned with bleach. They bought a milkshake from Shake Shack. There was cleaner in it. They got sick and went to the hospital. They're expected to recover. Everybody saw this and immediately assumed it was an intentional attack on the police because we know where things are going. I mean, police are resigning in huge numbers. Departments are being shuttered. Dare I say, this is not, I don't think we're, we're witnessing a real reform. I like what New York, New Mexico is saying, that they're going to create a new community unit that responds to non-criminal uh, issues. And I think that's actually really, really smart. Maybe that's what we need to happen. But what we're seeing with a lot of departments that are funding, the complete abolishing of the Minneapolis Police Department to be replaced by something else, it's a dismantling of our country. They're tearing down Thomas Jefferson now. And you, you know where this goes. Somebody tweeted, let's, you know, uh, let's, let's stop pretending that we don't think, you know, that, that this doesn't end with the burning of the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence or otherwise. Absolutely. They tore down Thomas Jefferson. I know where this is going. Listen, every country on this planet was in some effect conquered by someone else. It doesn't mean we have to be happy about it. It means we just stop doing it. But you can't then go and try and reverse everything and start destroying property because you don't like the fact that you live somewhere where someone else hundreds of years ago, I mean, four or 500 years ago, came and took it over. If we were to reverse everything, how far back do we go? Who do we eventually give everything back to? It's just it's an endless cycle that makes no sense. In my opinion, it's meant to destabilize us. And that's what's happening. We are being destabilized with these protests and with these riots. And you are going to see lines drawn in the sand. When people show up legally open carrying and a bunch of far left protesters try to destroy property and the guys who didn't break the law are the criminals. That's amazing, isn't it? The way the mayor and the governor have framed this, they're blaming the people who showed up in every legal capacity to which they were allowed. The mob that showed up was there to commit a crime. They chased after the guy and beat him. And the guys who got chased after and beaten who weren't committing a crime are the bad guys. Now, again, like I said, you can you can argue that you don't like the uh, the ideology of them. That's fine. But it doesn't change the facts. What is happening, I think, is I guess uh, logic and reason is losing the fight. It doesn't matter if you're on their ideological side. You you are you're OK. They'll protect you. They'll defend you. And this can only end with one thing. And I've said it over and over again. And I think it's hilarious how many people told me it could never happen. Could never happen. Civil war in this country. I said it several years ago. I think we're dangerously close and I think it's escalating. I think it'll get worse. And I repeatedly said, if you think it's bad now, wait until 2020. Things are going to light up with this election coming up. You know, I think I think this stuff is helping Trump uh, and it may help him win. But I've talked to a lot of, you know, hardcore Trump supporters. And I know there's a lot of people who will defend him no matter what. But I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people. They're saying that they think he's too weak now that he's not really doing anything, that he's caving to the protests, that he isn't standing up for, for justice and there's no real out. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's nothing Trump can really do. But what, what's the alternative? Joe Biden? I don't know what's going to happen, man. I really don't. I do, I do still lean towards Trump winning, but I'm seeing a lot of doubt from high profile conservative individuals and former Trump supporters. Yeah, that's right. Former Trump supporters. I'm not kidding. People saying that they won't even vote at this point. They're unhappy with, with what he's done. I mean, you've got people like Ann Coulter repeatedly coming out and slamming Trump. I guess we'll see, though, man. I'll leave it with, I'll leave it with this. 
regardless of what you think of morality, when people without guns try to fight people with guns, the outcome is obvious. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Perhaps you've noticed there have been widespread riots affecting this entire country over the past several weeks. Now, it's mostly simmered down, but we still have seen some lower level clashes and rioting. Statues are being torn down. Just the other day, a man was shot in a confrontation with a right winger who was trying to defend the statue. I know right winger is kind of a weird way to describe it, but you've got the far left trying to destroy and tear down statues, which they're doing rather effectively. Some right wing militia people show up, fight breaks out, dude runs, Antifa far leftists chase after him, start beating him. He defends himself. Things are getting pretty crazy. Well, if you thought it would simply end that these people are protesting and we just need to give them what they want. If you thought that's where it's going to end, you would be completely wrong. I'll tell you what they want. They want to put you in re-education camps. Not all of them, not every single protester, just the high profile leftists of social media with their little fancy check marks. Here we have a man who goes by the name Palmer Report, and he basically says we should rehabilitate any conservatives who are willing to try. We should pay for them to undergo therapy and retraining so they can understand the world around them. But first, we must get them out of positions of influence because they're infringing on the rights of others. Oh, I want to read you everything this guy says. But, but, but first, I want to show you this article from the Washington Times. Guillotine the rich. Sanders staffer says he's ready for armed revolution. And they said Republicans must be sent to re-education camps. Not every single person on the left is calling for this. The problem is you have high profile people on the left calling for this. Should I sit back and make the assumption they don't want to round people up and put them in camps? No, they're telling you they want to do it. And this individual worked for a high profile presidential campaign. And when this story broke that a presidential campaign staff were calling for armed insurrection and putting people in re-education camps, where was the New York Times? Where was the high profile wall to wall news coverage saying extremists are breaking into mainstream politics? Nowhere to be seen. The story received a little bit of coverage, mostly from conservative outlets. Yet, if you were to go to this Palmer report fella, he's going to tell you that we must rehabilitate the conservatives. Now, it's a little bit different from saying put them in camps. I'll read you what he actually said. Glenn Greenwald calls it one of the most unhinged rants you will ever read from a large verified account on this website. Really something to behold. Now, you may be asking yourself, what could conservatives have possibly done to warrant mandatory re-education camps and rehabilitation? Why would this man Palmer, whatever is, I don't know who he is, why would he say that conservatives were infringing on the rights of others? You're going to be shocked by this. Okay, the crime committed by this conservative man. I cannot believe he thought he would get away with this. Dare he wear a T-shirt? That's it. He wore a T-shirt for One America News. That's really it. One America. He was wearing a One America News T-shirt. That's why this dude is saying conservatives must be rehabilitated because One America News with a moderately small viewership is offensive because Trump likes it, I guess. I'm sorry, man. These people have absolutely lost the plot. Look, we got a lot of stuff going on, right? Check out this, this cover from the New York Post. Sick hypocrisy. This is fine. This is dangerous. On one side, you have tens of thousands of Black Lives Matter protests. On the other side, people having to drink. We know what, what, the, what the governor is doing. We know who they're supporting. 
What if I were to show you this? In the past 24 hours, Jamila Jamil, Chelsea Handler, and Jessica Chastain have shared on Instagram a video of vicious anti-Semite Louis Farrakhan discussing racism. They say extraordinary, powerful. They have over 10 million followers. It's a revolutionary time. So I'm going to throw something out there, this guy says. Maybe one reason why we shouldn't downplay or dismiss concerns about bad ideas among marginalized or powerless people is because elites might someday find them attractive or useful and boost them. Yes, because we are now seeing fringe lunatic high profile leftists on Twitter with verification badges calling for the rehabilitation of conservatives, the removal of them from influence and power, the unhinged rants. I got to tell you what, man, I got to be honest with all of you. I actually was freaked out when I saw this, this video from Farrakhan from the 90s, where he like the opening question is him. Basically, I, I, I could be wrong about this, but it sounds like he's saying the races must be kept separate or something to that effect. It's scary stuff. And Chelsea Handler defends him, saying that his, his anti-Semitic views are rooted in his oppression. I don't care. I don't care why he wants to what, what his view. I don't, I don't care where his views come from. I care about the fact that this is a man who is highly influential being propped up and he is an overt anti-Semite who calls for really, really insane things. But he's being propped up. Now, this stuff truly, truly is scary. But let's take a look at this story really quick. The Philadelphia Inquirer, Oklahoma State RB, Chubba Hubbard calls out Mike Gundy for wearing OAN shirt. Teammates show support. They say last week, Marvin Wilson led a group of Florida State players who refused to work out after a miscommunication in a message from head coach Mike Norvell, Texas wide receiver Brendan Eagles vowed not to play another snap until the school fixes its race issues. On Monday, Oklahoma State running back and Heisman candidate Chubba Hubbard posted on Twitter his disapproval of a photo showing head coach Mike Gundy wearing a One America News Network t-shirt and said he will not be doing anything with Oklahoma State until things change. OANN is described as a far-right cable news network that has been praised by the president, by President Donald Trump. Timing of the photo appeared insensitive to Hubbard, he said. After Hubbard's tweet, current and former Oklahoma State players began to back him. Star linebacker Amen Ogbong Bemiga was one of the first teammates to show support. Ogbong Bemiga was a 2019 second team all big 12 selection by conference coaches and is regarded as one of the best defenders on the team. He says, I stand with him. Fifth, uh, fifth year senior Tevin Jenkins also tweeted the offensive uh, line's support. As an O-line, we stand in support of Chubba. It's not just the current players, the Oklahoma State, former All-American running back Justice Hill and 2019 second team All-Big 12 cornerback A.J. Green shared posts on Twitter as well. OSU Athletics and University need major change. 100% support, brother. Oklahoma State has yet to issue a comment. Well, because this man dare wear his t-shirt. Look, if you want to say you're not going to work for someone because you don't like their view, you're not going to work with someone over their views and stuff like that. I get it. You are free to call for change. You really are. Look, this guy, Mike Gundy, wore a One American News shirt. I really think this is getting insane where people are like, how dare you watch a certain news outlet? Okay, whatever, man. But hey, you're allowed to do it. And you know what might happen? They might side with you. They might side against you. I'm not a big fan of cancel culture, culture war type issues where it's like, dude, the guy's wearing a t-shirt, play football, okay? Separate all this stuff from, from the game and let's just, just carry on. But you know what? I'll, I'll respect their right to call out what they, what they don't personally want to be involved with. Fine. But you know what? 
maybe you should just choose to leave instead of choosing other people can't express themselves. Therein lies the big problem, the authoritarianism. You are wearing a shirt. I refuse. You must do something for me. When I encounter people who do things I don't like, there are certain circumstances where I'll say like, nah, man, you can't do that. You got to stop that. And there are certain circumstances where I'll be like, I'm out. Typically, I defer to the I'm out. That's me. It's a libertarian thing, right? It's the more freedom based issue. When I'm when I'm playing a game and people are like, we want to do a game this way, like we want to play this game with this rule. I'll be like, no, nah, that's cool. You do your thing. I'm out. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to force you to change. I'm just going to be like, eh, I'm done. I'll leave. Now, let's see how the uh, the <laughs> irrational left responds. Palmer report said we shouldn't be cold hearted about this. But having a conservative as police officer, for instance, isn't much different from having a Klan member as a police officer. It's just not something that a civilized society can ever, ever tolerate. Bro, you do realize that there are police who live in blue cities who vote for Democratic politicians. Like, do you not understand that a lot of these police are union, public union guys who vote for Democrats who support public unions? We should rehabilitate any conservatives who are willing to try. We should pay for them to undergo therapy and retraining so they can understand the world around them. But first, we must get, must get them out of positions of influence because they're infringing the rights of others. Conservatism means you don't believe in equality. It means you want it all for yourself and you're willing to destroy other groups of people to take it all for yourself. That's not a crime against the law, but it's a crime against humanity. We must acknowledge as much. Conservatives cannot be teachers, police officers, doctors, lawyers, coaches, or bosses. Or bosses? You literally think they can't own a company? It's constitutionally unfair to others who are subjected to the conservatives' deranged judgment. Conservatives can do menial work until they're ready to join the human race. And therein lies the shocking problem of today's culture war. No, my friends, we are not talking about the far right extremists coming in with their militias and their white supremacy versus the liberals just trying to defend the good natured uh, world and defend equality. Quite literally, this man is talking about conservatives, not the far right. He's talking about regular Americans who, who, who work regular jobs, maybe work in a factory, maybe work in an office, and they come back and say, you know, I think we got some issues with immigration and they vote for it. That's what he's talking about. No, what we really have in this culture war is the fringe far left extremists who work for high profile presidential campaigns calling for reeducation camps versus civil libertarians. And what I mean by that are people who are like, live and let live. Now, this phrase I've been using as of recent was part of a thread from Barry Weiss of the New York Times talking about the conflict between the under 40 wokes and the over 40 civil libertarians. These are people who think, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. We'll go and vote. We'll sort things out. Free speech, free expression, open inquiry. I have my political opinions, but I will, you know, I, I don't agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. That was something that was held by liberals and conservatives alike for a long time. And something changed. The new generation of the left has gone completely insane. And don't take my word for it, because Matt Taibbi, a liberal journalist for the Rolling Stone, says basically the same thing. Right now, they have become, what, what did he say, a, a, a roving band of Twitter Robespierre's going from discipline to discipline, destroying reputations and getting people fired. They go one step beyond this man. Listen, conservatives, unfortunately, aren't doing anything. Now, I know, I know they vote. They have families. They have jobs. But let's be real. Antifa and the far left 
are out in the streets all the time for the past almost a month, like 20 plus days. The far left has been out in the streets screaming and making demands. And guess what? People are listening. How many conservatives have been going out and protesting? Very few. Now I know, I know, I'll be fair. You got an uphill battle, conservatives. You got people like this who are verified calling for your re-education and Twitter allows it. But any, but the conservatives who stand up and fight back on Twitter, many of them often get banned. Yep. Maybe you still have to keep standing up. I know you have kids, you have families, not everybody, but a lot of you. And you don't want to risk your families. But I think the bigger concern is you might be worried about losing your job today, but think about the world you leave behind for your kids anyway. Man, how many, how many people do I know who have said to me, they don't know if they want to have kids anymore because of how insane things are and they don't want to leave them this world. Well, I think the problem is you're not fighting for a better world. The left is fighting for the world they want. And guess what? They're winning it because they go out in the streets, they throw bricks, and they do crazy things, and they force people to bend to their will. This is why you get this New York Post front page. Sick hypocrisy. This is fine. This is dangerous. That's right. They say liberals, media cheer protests, but say outdoor restaurants, bars are COVID risks. More than that, they say going to church is a COVID risk. They say you can't sing in church. Man, that's crazy. I remember back in the day when they were like, this is a threat to religious liberty. And the left with the liberals were like, oh, calm down. The slippery slope isn't going to happen. Boom, here we are. You've got now Twitter allowing these things to happen, banning people on the right, Facebook and YouTube as well. This is what you get, man. I'm lucky to be at least where I am right now on, on YouTube. But I've, I've legit, look, look, a couple days ago, I do, I do segments at 6 p.m. They're shorter than this. The, 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 so at uh, 10 a.m., I do a 20-minute segment. At 1 p.m., a 20-minute segment. At 4 p.m. on my main channel over at TimCast.net, I do a 20 to 25-minute segment. And then I do three around 10 or 11-minute segments at 6. A couple days ago, someone at YouTube flagged all of them as hate speech. And I had to try and escalate this. And it suppressed and knocked down all of the video views. I had to, I had to reach out to Google and say, hey, somebody's flagging my videos as hate speech. And they weren't. It was just kind of this stuff I'm saying right now. Hey, let's, let's live and let live. Let's respect the protesters and, and stand up for what we believe in. And they said it was hate speech. No. In fact, it was one of the videos was me condemning blackface. They said it was hate speech. They don't like my opinions. They don't like the fact that I'm resisting. And so fortunately, somewhat, it did get overturned. And then all of a sudden the views slowly came back, but it really, really negatively impacted the channel. And this happens all the time. I'm on the razor's edge, man. They've banned a ton of people. Now, I think there's a lot more people to the right of me who are more likely to get banned first, but it's coming, man. It really is. Don't, don't, like, you, you gotta, you gotta look back 10 years to see where they were in terms of hate speech and stuff. Back, they've in, increasingly changed definitions, and now it's made it all the way to the Supreme Court. They said in 2010, look, biological sex is different from gender, right? Because gender is a social construct. Then the definitions changed. Now it basically means the exact same thing. And the Supreme Court ruled, well, gender identity is attached to sex. Therefore, they changed the definitions. Therefore, the laws change. It's exactly what I said was going to happen. If you've been following my content for a long time, you may have heard me say this a year ago. Instead of trying to change the law, they're trying to change the definition of words so the laws inherently mean something different. The Supreme Court just did this. All right. Now, I actually, I, I, agree, with the I agree with the conclusion of the Supreme Court about, uh, about gender identity discrimination, stuff like that. I, dis uh, I disagree with how it was brought about. So 
for the most part, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a rock and a hard place. Like, well, you know, I do agree. You shouldn't be able to discriminate. But anyway, I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent about that. I'm simply highlighting that what you're seeing today, expect it to be 10 times worse in the next several years. And you know what? What do I hear from most conservatives? You know, I don't know. They're pre- prepping, hiding out. They're not protesting, not speaking up. And it kind of bums me out. Now, I don't know if protesting is the right idea. I don't know what you can do. And and honestly, at this point, I got to say, maybe there's nothing you can do. Regular Americans who believe in freedom are at a disadvantage. These people have lied. They've cheated. They've stolen. And it's brought them great advantages. They've made tons of money off this. Look what they're doing right now. This is cheating. Okay, let me explain to you how cheating works. You've got Donald Trump as president. Donald Trump wants to hold a rally in Tulsa. They say it's racist to do it in Tulsa because of the, 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 the Tulsa massacre. Then he says, well, we're going to do it in Tulsa. What do you want us to do? And they said, well, the date's also racist because it's Juneteenth. So, OK, I'll move it. Then they say COVID. What about COVID? Oh, no, you can't. There's a, there's a pandemic. Are you kidding me? There's, there's tens of thousands of people shoulder to shoulder in New York City marching and protesting. And they've been doing it every day for 19 days. And now they're coming out and saying, Donald Trump shouldn't do this. It's a mistake. He's going to get people sick. Guess what happens? So Trump says, maybe then we'll do it outside. And guess what they said? They said Trump is caving because he's weak and he's wrong. And now it's going to be too hot and people will pass out from heat stroke. There is literally nothing you can do to appease them because they are cheating. And they say you should be reeducated. Well, conservatives, at least. Maybe you find yourself in a similar position to I, being a rather moderate individual, not super conservative, actually used to be fairly liberal until these people went insane. I still think for the most part, I'm fairly liberal. I literally was arguing with Scott Adams on Twitter about systemic racism and how he doesn't understand it. And that's fine, whatever. Maybe I'll do a segment about it. Systemic racism is a complicated thing. It's real, but you're not going to get a legit definition from many of these leftists because they have no idea what they're talking about. So I'm not going to get into all of that, however. But uh, the, the general idea is it has to do with systems put in place from the past. Some people call it legacy racism or something like that, legacy problems. But we, we can talk about that stuff in the future. The point is, I am a fairly liberal person. I, I made a documentary about systemic and institutional racism, and I can explain it rather articulately, I suppose. So if there are conservatives who are interested and disagree, we can have a real conversation about it. Unfortunately, for many people on the left, they're just lying. They don't know what they're talking about. They, 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 they won't tell you, they won't talk about this, that they had this massive protest. It's, it's also, it's all so fascinating to me when I see one person will tweet in the same, in 10 minutes, in the same span of a few minutes, they'll say, how could Trump do this? He's going to get people sick. And then they'll post a video of the protest. Like, this is fantastic. This is awesome. What do you do when they're cheating? I don't know, man, but I'll tell you what, if you sit back and do nothing, they will keep cheating. They will take your jobs from you. They will tell you your shirt is racist. Therefore, you must be fired. And then while this is happening, this is a dramatic escalation of cancel culture. They're saying put, put them in camps, put them in reeducation camps. OK, it's not just this one staffer for Bernie Sanders who said Republicans need to be put in reeducation camps. It's also now high profile verified Twitter accounts. This is not every single person on the left, but I will tell you this. It needs to be taken seriously because you may have noticed High profile celebrities are propping up Louis Farrakhan, an overt anti-Semite. Why? Because as this individual said, people in power will adopt them because they're useful to them. How did we end up in a world where high profile leftist comedians are propping up overt anti-Semitism? 
Well, it's beyond me, man. Let me tell you something. People often ask, and forgive me for using the analogy, how is it that people in Nazi Germany just went along with everything? Because they didn't know what they were going along with. I think it's a fair point. They saw somebody saying, I'm going to fix things. You're oppressed. You're a victim. It's not your fault. The problem was the French and the, and, and the reparations to the French over World War I. It's not fair. The debt wasn't our fault. They're, they're, they're oppressing our people across the border. It's literally the things that he was preaching in World War II in Germany. And these people were like, sounds good to me. Now you have people hearing similar things. Now, listen, you want to talk about police brutality and all that stuff? I'm right there with you. You want to say George Floyd should not have been killed? Oh, 100%. Let's, let's make sure people's constitutional rights are defended. You even want to argue that Rayshard Brooks, the man in Atlanta, should not have been killed. I will absolutely entertain your position. I disagree. I, I, I think he shouldn't have been killed for sure, but it's a very complicated circumstance. Let's be honest. In Atlanta, the dude fought, grabbed a weapon, ran and fired it at a cop. So we got a tough situation how to fix this. But if you want to come back and promote Farrakhan, nah, now we got some serious problems. That's, that's, that's way over the line. And these are high profile people propping it up. And guess what? I'll tell you how people just go along with it. All of our followers are like, wow, I didn't know. Wow, that's so great. Not realizing. I asked a good friend of mine, very much lefty. And I said, do you know what this means? And they said, no, why? Who's Farrakhan? I said, that's exactly it. That's why when they post all of this stuff, propping up these celebrities who are entertaining this, they, they do it mindlessly, not realizing they're promoting some insane stuff. Meanwhile, while they're promoting Farrakhan, you got other high profile people calling for re-education of conservatives. If the police are going to stand by and let these mobs tear down public property, a violation of the law, and then blame the right wing groups who simply said, don't break the law, I think we know where we're headed. If New York and Fort Worth are going to say protesters for Black Lives Matter are, are going to have their charges dropped, yet churchgoers are not allowed to you know, go to church, I think we know where we're heading, man. I, do, I, 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 I wish there was some, some way, I hope there is some way everything, simmer, everything can simmer down. But it really does feel like we're on a one-way track. I got to be honest. They won't, they, they won't recognize the cheating. They will tell you you are wrong, and they will do this at the exact same time. Now, I, I can't speak for the Trump supporters or anything like that. I can only speak for the more libertarian-minded individuals, former liberals, the politically homeless, because I don't want to have anything to do with any of the violence. Man, I just want to want to carry on, and maybe there's something you can do. I don't know, man. I know that one thing you can do is start speaking up and maybe that could bring about the change. Maybe these companies will be forced to back down. Listen, I don't want there to be any, any civil breakdown or violence or any unrest or like that. I don't want it to happen. But you know what needs to happen first to prevent it? I think people need to start speaking up at their jobs. And they say, but what if I get fired? How will I feed my kids? Bro, you won't get fired if literally every person stood up and did it. If every person said, shut up, no. Then, then they can't fire you because it would be everybody. But people are scared and they won't say anything. So what do they do? They send private messages to people saying, man, this is getting crazy, huh? Yeah, they send private messages to high profile personalities who call this stuff out. That's not enough. You got to tweet them yourself. You got to stand up for yourself because no one else will do it. The left is doing it. Why aren't you? I'm not saying I'm saying the opposite of getting violent. Do not go out and do that with what these people are. I'm talking about the people who go on Twitter and screech, you know, like banshees. It's time to start speaking up for what you believe in. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net, and I will see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, the Inquisition continues, and this may be one of the most shocking stories I have ever seen. 
NBC News activists in collaboration with Black Lives Matter activists contacted Google and got rival news publishers banned, including Zero Hedge, but more importantly, The Federalist. Now, listen, regardless of whatever the companies are, this is insane that Google would do this at the behest of NBC News. Now, there are arguments to be made about Zero Hedge. The Federalist, maybe, but the Federalist is just your run of the mill conservative site with one of the most prominent uh, conservative writers, Molly Hemingway, as well as many other very prominent conservative writers. Google has just removed them from their ad program because left wing activists working for NBC News contacted them over two articles, got them banned from Google ads. This is it, man. I'm just going to tell you right now, there will come a time very, very soon, all of my channels will be banned outright. I'm not exaggerating. And you need to take this seriously. And when that happens, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'll tell you this, my workload is insane. And I have made uh, taken some precautions to prepare for the the, the inevitable when uh, Google cuts me off the same as they've cut off many, many other content creators. It's hard to know what's happening or why. I think it's very obvious that some, you know, look, there's activists that have been gaining ground in media. They are purging the high ranking individuals who run the New York Times and many other news outlets. And the next threat are in is is independent companies. Now, the Federalist has funding through other means. I also have funding somewhat through other means. If I get, say, removed from the partner program, meh, if they outright ban the channel, well, there you go. Uh, I do have other sponsors, but I'll just say this right now. You can go to timcast.com slash donate. And there, there are several ways that you can help support me directly. I'm just saying this in the event that, look, man, they just, NBC News has lied about me in the past. They've made things up. I don't think it's a matter of time before they create a whole slew of fake stories to smear me and make accusations against me to try and get me shut down. It's working. The New York Times is in revolt. Several other organizations are in revolt. The Wall Street Journal apparently had 150 employees in revolt as well. And they're a conservative leaning paper. The Inquisition is here and the wrong thinkers will be purged. And I don't know what, uh, what, what can be done to stop it. Donald Trump and the Republicans had years to deal with this. They did nothing. They literally did nothing. Donald Trump created some forum where you could send in some complaints. And now Google, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful corporation on the planet, is shutting down their competition. NBC News said to Google, please ban our competition. Done. Just like that. Check out this story. Google has banned two far right websites. No, I'm sorry. Look, I don't know a whole lot about Zero Hedge, but I can tell you the Federalist is run of the mill conservative. From its advertising platform, after research revealed, the tech giant was profiting from articles pushing unsubstantiated claims about the Black Lives Matter protests. That's factually false. As far as I can tell, the Federalist ran articles saying the media was lying about violent riots and looting. Now, to what extent they made those claims. I didn't read the articles from the Federalist. And there have been instances where I, I have called the federal out, Federalist out for being wrong as well. The media was lying, though. There were people in Minnesota claiming that it was white supremacists that were uh, engaging in the protests. And then later, those same politicians came out and said, oops, we were wrong. 
So why is the Federalists being banned now? Let me tell you what they do. Right now, there is an attack against me personally to accuse me of being a conspiracy theorist. And they've been trying for a very long time simply because I read news articles where other journalists entertained the possibility that COVID had uh, been released from a lab accidentally. And this came from a report from South Beijing University. Because that report came out and I commented at saying, wow, what if that's true? Hindsight now, apparent, uh, so, so now that we know it likely wasn't the case, they're now trying to take an old video in which I commented on current news and current publications, the claim that I was publishing fake news and pushing conspiracies. That's what they're trying to do. News changes. Stories develop. There are updates. If I make a video or produce content and then a week later, the story is different, a new development occurs and I update it, they go back and take old content. That's what they do. Perhaps the only thing that can really be done is to delete every single video a month after you publish it or a week after you publish it because they're coming for you. A Google spokesperson said in an email, it took action after determining the websites violated its policies on content related to race. We have strict publisher policies that govern the content ads can run on and explicitly prohibit derogatory content that promotes hatred, intolerance, violence, or discrimination based on race from monetizing. The spokesperson wrote, when a paper or site violates our policies, we take action. In this case, we removed both sites' ability to monetize with Google. Interesting. What did the Federalist do? Maybe they did. I, I've never seen it. The Federalist, as far as I know, is just a prominent conservative website. Don't necessarily agree with everything they write, but I can't imagine the Federalist or even Zero Hedge, for that matter, writing like hate speech. And I mentioned this in an earlier segment. I recently had someone flag my videos as hate speech. Yeah. YouTube reversed it because it was wrong, because I literally have said in almost every single video, much respect to the Black Lives Matter protests. I just don't like the rioting and the looting. At what point do they say, nope, doesn't matter. You're conflating it. Doesn't matter. Even when I say it's not the same thing, doesn't matter. You know what, man? It doesn't matter. Wrong thinkers will be purged. I think everyone can tell exactly where this is headed. Google blocked the Federalist from its advertising platform after the NBC News Verification Unit brought the project to its attention. Zero Hedge had already been demonetized prior to NBC News's inquiry, Google said. Zero Hedge and the Federalist did not respond to request for comments. Let me show you something. Here's a tweet from David Reboy, who says, enemy of the people, NBC journalist celebrates her part in the operation. Scumbags. This uh, activist says, new from NBC VC, thanks to SF fake news and CCD hate for their hard work and collaboration Black Lives Matter. Ideological activists highlighting articles they didn't like got their business rival purged. Think about it. I mean, this this has to be some kind of FTC violation. Google is banning a news publisher at the behest of another news publisher because they wrote things they disagreed with. How does someone determine what is true or what isn't true? Man, I, I don't know. Mike Cernovich said, completely objective journalism in action right here. They aren't even hiding it anymore, which to be honest, I respect. They have the power and want to flaunt it. Failure here is on the GOP and on Trump. Man, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with Cernovich. Now, obviously what these people are doing, I think is horrifying fascistic authoritarianism, but he's got a point. No one will stop them. Not a single Republican. Congratulations, Republicans. Remember when I said in 2018, Republicans were too stupid 
to do anything to stop this. I stand by it. I don't mean the voters. I mean the politicians. They were too stupid to do anything to stop this. Enjoy losing in November, man. We're less than five months out. They're going to ban everybody. They're going to ban me. They've already banned tons of other creators. They've already they've purged them from the partner program, stripping away their revenue. They are now quite literally banning private businesses from using their platform for which is a monopoly. On, did, did you know that Facebook and Google basically control almost all of the advertising revenue in media, period? Tucker Carlson is losing his advertisers. And now the Federalists just lost their advertisers. Oh, there are alternatives for sure, but they're worthless. So you know what's going to happen? I'll tell you. Oh, sure. There are other companies that sell ads. I, I'm not going to name them. I'm going to leave them out of it. But they exist. There's, 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 there's a lot, actually. But Google pays the most because Google owns the space. So now these leftist sites, Boing Boing, for instance, where they believe insane things, will get premium ad space and make substantially more money. Man, this is kind of what the left was complaining about, the net neutrality, the favoring of certain websites, giving, you know, giving them a, a throttled approach to your ideological opponents. Conservative sites will make a fraction of the revenue of the progressive sites. The progressive sites will make mad cash and they'll use that to advertise and expand and control the space. Congratulations, Republicans. You were too stupid to stop it. And now it's probably too late. I'm not, uh, you know, for, for a while I was saying I thought Trump would win for a lot of reasons. I've, I'm not so confident anymore. I, I really do mean it. I thought with all these rides and everything going on. But when I see people like Cernovich, and I see that there, there are a handful of other high profile Trump supporters who supported him in 2016 telling me, telling me they're not going to vote for him. I'm like, wow, why? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to vote for Biden? Well, I guess so. That's why I've absolutely been reticent to be like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to vote for the guy. I'm leaning towards it simply because of the chaos. But I'll tell you what right now, man, I think we're just doomed. So, so what's going to happen? I, I honestly can't tell you. Let me show you this. Glenn Greenwald. That NBC has and uses the power to have sites it ideologically dislikes, ideologically kicked off Google ads is dystopian. It's particularly chilling since NBC, MSNBC was the one, one of the worst purveyors of deranged conspiracy theories over the last four years. Yep. And you know what, The Intercept? You also recently had a cancel culture outrage over one of your own reporters. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, mostly gentlemen, to be honest. Now, I think it's too late, you know. We, we, how many, how many uh, content creators have been saying this will happen? Why do you think Joe Rogan left YouTube and took an exclusive deal with Spotify? Because he doesn't want to get kicked off. He wants a guarantee to the money he makes. And now he's got it. Smart move, man. Because Google would have banned him, I'd bet. I mean, I don't know what else to expect. But I'll tell you this. Start counting, counting down the days. You know, I gave it a couple months before I am purged from the partner program completely. You know, they recently uh, verified all my channels. I don't know what that means. Some people said, wow, Tim got verified my, my secondary channels. The IRL podcast has been growing exponentially. It's been ridiculous. But uh, we're wrong thinkers, man. We are absolutely wrong thinkers. So I imagine it's only a matter of time. Now, I, I will say one more thing. My theory as to why they have allowed me to exist thus far. I'm a liberal. I literally am. I've actually argued that systemic racism is a real thing. I've just complained the left is kind of ruining it because they don't not explain it properly. I've argued that there are actual historical disadvantages and I've argued for social justice, just not authoritarian application of. I think they leave me here because once they completely purge conservatives, they will need some kind of right wing. 
me being a liberal and they being far left identitarians will use me as their new replacement for what the right is. That's why they call me conservative and they call me all these names, because even though my policies are literally left of center, they want that to be the new right. Here's the way I explain it. Imagine you have a wheel, all right? And you have the far left and the far right. Then you have left and right, then the center left and center right, and then the center. And I'm center left. If the whole wheel rotates over, the far left becomes center left and center left becomes far right. You see what the game they're playing is? I thought that for a long time. That's why they tolerate people like me. They need someone to replace the Tucker Carlson's who's actually substantially more liberal than Tucker Carlson, but can still attract similar viewers. We'll see how things play out. You were warned. You were all warned. And I don't blame you guys who are hanging out. I mean, the politicians. Ted Cruz probably will never get, won't get reelected. The Democratic governors who are lying and, and running this double standard will probably keep getting reelected. And Donald Trump will probably lose because they are literally banning conservative media now. They are stripping your revenue and your resources away from you. And has anyone done anything about it? No. Oh, you know what, man? This is why I keep saying, you know what I'm going to do? Take my van down by the river, go skateboarding, fish, get a dog. Because if, I, if, if people won't stand up for themselves, don't expect anyone else to do it for you. See you all in the next segment coming up in a few minutes. And then for, I don't know, whoever knows, uh, who knows how, however long this will last. I'll see you shortly. In my previous segment, I talked about how left-wing activists who have infiltrated news media have gotten their competition banned from Google. If you're not familiar with the story, I just put it up. Basically, left-wing activists told Google that the Federalist, a conservative site, were liars. And so they got banned from the Google ad platform. The challenge, and the reason I bring this up, is the next story. Texas police department accuses Tucker Carlson of stoking confusion and bitterness with absolutely inaccurate report about cops dropping charges against rioters following day of Fort Worth protests. I bring you now to our broken reality. I don't know how or why this is happening. Maybe there's no grand conspiracy. It's just our reality is shattered. No one knows what's true anymore, but there are still people who hold power. And because of that, they just dictate sometimes some things are true, sometimes some things aren't. Right now, we have tens of thousands of people protesting for Black Lives Matter, which I have no problem with, to, to, to be honest, protest for sure. But then we have the, the, the mayor and the governor of New York threatening church services. Okay, now that I have a problem with. If you're going to have a First Amendment, it's for everybody, right? If people want to protest, it's for everybody, right? This story of Tucker Carlson is fascinating. Fort Worth, Texas, te- Texas Police Department says Tucker Carlson lied that he stoked confusion with an inaccurate report that they were dropping charges against rioters. Here's NPR. Fort Worth police drop rioting charges against protesters. Huh? What's true anymore, man? I wonder if the, I wonder if it's intentional or maybe people have just finally snapped and now there's demented people. And I mean, I don't mean demented as an insult. I mean, literally like their brains aren't working properly, seeing two parallel realities and they have no way to rectify it. How is it that the Fort Worth Police Department literally put out a statement on Twitter, Chief Cross, to drop all charges for rioting that resulted from protests in Fort Worth? Each individual be notified by letter that their charges have been dropped. The letter literally says Fort Worth police arrested several dozen people for rioting during protests. Since that time, the protests in the city have been peaceful, blah, blah, blah. We're dropping all the charges. And now Tucker Carlson when he goes on his show and says the people who are rioting will have the charges dropped against him, Fort Worth comes out and says they lied. So I, 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 I dare you to try and tell me what is actually happening, because I don't know what to tell you, man. I really, really don't. 
if I can't tell you which of these stories is true or why, then how am I supposed to be real news? How is anyone? Is the Daily Mail fake news? No, CNN reported the exact same thing. I'm just using the Daily Mail. What about NPR? Did NPR lie? Nope, they have a tweet from Fort Worth. So there you have it. Did any one of these people write the story saying that Fort Worth was, uh, was contradicting themselves? I reported in the past that Fort Worth was dropping rioting charges against protesters, and now they're calling it a lie? There is possibly an explanation as to why this is, but it's semantic debate. And this is where the problem arises. Words have lost all meaning. Wow. Reminds me of V for Vendetta. Didn't he say words retain their meaning? They don't. And when words become meaningless and we can't communicate, everything falls apart. Take a look at what they said. Last night, Carlson told viewers on May 31st, a crowd of Black Lives Matter demonstrators blocked a bridge in downtown Fort Worth. When police arrived to disperse them, they threw rocks and bottles of bleach. Three police officers were injured. The mob then went on to loot and vandalize businesses. Dozens of rioters were arrested for this. Ten days later, the city's police chief, Ed Cross, said he was dropping all charges against them. On June 9th, Fort Worth police had tweeted Chief Cross to drop all charges for rioting that resulted from protests in Fort Worth. Each individual will be notified by letter. However, it clarified the tweet soon after by adding anyone who protested and was arrested for vandalism, criminal mischief, theft, etc. do not fall under this separate cases and charges. The dropping of charges is solely for the charge of rioting. And there is the semantic break. What does rioting really mean? Oh, they had to clarify. Perhaps they should have deleted their initial statement. They meant specifically if your charge said rioting. Now I understand what they're trying to say. But why criticize Tucker Carlson when the mistake was theirs, when they had to follow up and issue a clarification that most people didn't report? In fact, I don't believe NPR actually reported any clarifications. So if I was to see a story from NPR, one of the preeminent news outlets in this country that everybody, all these people listen to and deem trustworthy, why would I believe that anything else was incorrect with this? They just say, as far as I can tell, that they're dropping the rioting charges. Online, the reaction across the statement was mixed, with some accusing the police chief of issuing a free pass. They don't, I don't think they mention at all an update. Nope. In New York, the Manhattan district attorney, Vance Jr. said Friday, the office would drop illegal assembly and disorderly conduct cases stemming from demonstrations. The city has not followed suit, prompting the Senator Brian uh, Kavanaugh to urge Mayor Bill de Blasio to follow, blah, 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 blah. So if Tucker Carlson read NPR and then he got the story wrong, whose fault is it? Maybe nobody's. But that means no one really knows what's happening anymore. And that means you will see activist organizations exploit this to go to Google and say, see, here's the proof they're lying and then get people banned. And Google seems to be following suit. So I I guess it's only a matter of time before those who control the the, uh, modern institutions purge all of their ideological opponents. And there's nothing anyone can do to stop it. At least I don't think so. However, I don't believe these conservatives will simply roll up into a ball and die. They're going to find other means to get access to resources. And I think eventually you draw, uh, things are getting really dangerous. There are people in this country that are predominantly conservative. What happens when they just stop using services because conservative alternatives uh, pop, pop up? What happens if not even hardcore conservatives start using other platforms. I mean, a lot of people are starting to use DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is becoming very, very popular. But DuckDuckGo is a search engine and Google is a massive network of services. 
What happens when conservatives start promoting something else and you create you create a parallel economy? All of a sudden, then what does Google collapse? Maybe, hopefully, you know, I know, I know, uh, uh, you know, the hand that feeds me for the, for the most part is Google. But if, it, if, if we're walking towards the complete and utter collapse of our society, because Google is arbitrarily just shutting down political rivals of ideologues, then it's only a matter of time before alternatives pop up. If the ideologues of Google and Facebook, Twitter, or otherwise maintain a substantial amount of power because leftists won't use conservative platforms, you end up with parallel economies. That gets bad. That gets really bad. Because now, now you have in, independent financing for infrastructure, meaning these people can go at each other and not worry about losing their jobs. It means they can increasingly say worse and worse things. You know what Google could have done? Very simply, reached out, the, reached out to the Federalist and said, these violate our rules. Here's what we want changed. Guess what? The Federalist probably would have been like, we can or can't, you know, we'll make some changes. Instead, the ban hammer comes first. So when you see a lot of these people banned, conservatives, for instance, they, they then lose all control over the individual's uh, ide- ideas. If Twitter, so I, think, I think it's one of the things social media companies have actively tried to do, social pressure to force people to bend to certain ideologies, saying, you know, if you say this hashtag, we'll ban you. Well, a lot of people say, F you, I'll do it anyway and get banned. A lot of others say, OK, OK, I won't say that hashtag. Take, for instance, me. There's a certain name I can't say, and I've agreed it's not worth saying the name. I won't be banned. And I think it's the right thing to do, because if I did decide to say some name, you wouldn't learn about this or the other segments that are extremely important. But even I have a line. I got I, almost, I got I got really, really close to basically just shutting everything down when they told me if I said this name that I would my videos would be would be removed, not banned just remove any video where I mention a certain name. And so I decided it's probably a better idea to avoid saying the one name because people can still find it in other ways. This way, I can still keep you informed about what's happening. But there will come a time where they're going to say to me, Tim, you can't say this thing. And I'm going to say no. And that's probably coming really, really soon. Now, many of these conservative sites have straight up said, this is where I draw the line. So Google just bans them outright. I'm kind of trailing off. The point I want to bring up here is that we have broken reality. And if, if no, one can make, can, no one can really understand what's happening, then there's no accurate way to actually solve our problems. Or there, there's no actual way to solve our problems. Who should be president? No idea, because I don't know what's going on. Because the media lies nonstop all day, every day. Everyone's wrong. I think the whole system is just shattered, and there's no truth anymore. Maybe that was the goal. I have no idea. Maybe some people wanted it to be that way. Maybe they're nefarious actors, or maybe it's just the, the, the advent of social media breaking down our ability to understand the world because we don't have any thought leadership anymore. We used to have one big tower, an obelisk beaming down to the masses. In Chicago, I mean this quite literally from the Sears Tower, now Willis Tower, broadcasting signals for television, very few channels for which to get your news and information. And with the, with the creation of the internet, you now have so many different subcultures that believe completely different things. When this reaches the mainstream, you now have people who don't know what's real anymore. I read NPR. NPR says Tucker Carlson is right. Daily Mail says Tucker Carlson is wrong. Fort Worth says he's wrong, but NPR says he's right. So I don't know what to tell you, man. Who's right and who's wrong? Nobody? Everybody? Never anybody? I have no idea. So I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. 
I think what'll happen next is they're going to take old videos of mine where I used certified news guard sources, but the story has changed and they're going to say, here's Tim doing a video that's fake news. And they will retroactively, uh, you know, basically uh, say, give me strikes. Oh, you violated the rules on fake news because you said this thing. And I've already reached out to Google about this. And I've said, if I can't tell what is real because the news is flipping back and forth constantly, how am I supposed to be, you know, in line with the rules? And they say, just don't worry about it. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah. Okay, great. That's not it. I know. November is coming soon. If you like what I do, you can go to timcast.com slash timcast.com slash donate and support my work. Otherwise, it'll only be a matter of time. And I really do think that's the case. A couple months, maybe. We'll see how it plays out. I got one more segment coming up in just a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. In a story that is going viral, the Black Lives Matter Foundation raised millions, but it's not affiliated with the Black Lives Matter movement. And I actually think that's kind of wrong. But the story is interesting. It's going around with people saying that a Black Lives Matter fundraiser was actually a scam. I don't believe that's fair to say, and I don't think BuzzFeed says it either. But this story is from BuzzFeed News. They say employees of Apple, Google and Microsoft have raised millions of dollars for the Black Lives Matter Foundation, thinking it's the international racial justice movement seeking to end police brutality. That couldn't be further from the truth. No, I think it could be further from the truth because it's not that far from the truth. It actually is someone, an activist, using the brand Black Lives Matter. But I guess the, 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 the controversy is that there's a legitimate branded Black Lives Matter. Let's read, let, let me read the news for you and break down what's really going on and where people's money is actually going. Uh, fighting off a sneeze, mind you. When Elena Iliadis searched for Black Lives Matter on GoFundMe, the popular online, fund, online fundraising platform, she didn't do much research on the first verified foundation that popped up. Inspired to help the cause, the 19-year-old Georgetown University sophomore and her acapella group, the Phantoms, raised nearly $1,100 for what they thought was the global movement to bring racial justice and defund the police. It wasn't until she was contacted by BuzzFeed News that the student learned her group had been collecting money for a completely unaffiliated cause. I don't believe that's true. Black Lives Matter, I guess there's a legitimate brand, I suppose. Let's just read. We'll break this down. They say the Black Lives Matter Foundation a Santa Clarita, California-based charitable organization that has one paid employee and lists a UPS store as its address, has a very different goal, according to its founder, bringing the community and police closer together. The Phantoms weren't the only ones to mistakenly support the Black Lives Matter Foundation. In the wake of George Floyd's killing, corporations including Apple, Google, and Microsoft raised $4 million for the Sound Alike Foundation and almost delivered the money. Hundreds of grassroots fundraisers also directed more money and attention. Quote, I don't have anything to do with the Black Lives Matter global network. I never met them, never spoke to them. I don't know them. I have no relationship with them. Robert Ray Barnes, the founder of the Black Lives Matter Foundation, told BuzzFeed News in a lengthy interview. Our whole thing is having unity with the police department. I mean, that sounds all right. While Black Lives Matter has morphed from a 2013 hashtag following the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's killer, into an international movement, its early lack of centralized leadership or formal hierarchy left opportunities for copycats like Barnes's foundation. Now, why is Barnes a copycat? That's what I can't understand. What, 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 anybody could form a foundation and call it what they want. And if you don't do any research and you blindly just donate to, the, to any group, 
then how is that a copycat? It makes no sense. Based on estimates from BuzzFeed uh, News, donors raised at least $4.35 million for the Black Lives Matter Foundation in the first weeks of June, though the bulk of that was frozen before it could be dispersed. In some cases, companies, including GoFundMe, were unaware the foundation had no affiliation with the wider movement and froze funds only after being contacted by BuzzFeed News. How does this make sense? Black Lives Matter started as a hashtag. It's, it's, uh, my understanding is that if somebody chooses to donate to a group, then why can't they? And, and my understanding, too, is the guy who started this is actually a black man who believes in the idea, and he's running a foundation to work towards his goal of making Black Lives Matter, I suppose. This is the power of the media, and how they suppress anyone who opposes them. They want all of this money to go to a specific group, not the general activist cause, and that is insane. In a statement to Buzz, BuzzFeed News, a Black Lives Matter spokesperson confirmed that the groups are indeed two completely separate organizations and that Barnes's foundation has nothing to do with us. The Santa Clarita group is improperly using our name, the spokesperson said. We intend to call them out and follow up. But how, why are they not allowed to use the name? I mean, if you want to file a lawsuit, fine. Check us out. But Barnes, a 67-year-old music producer in LA, defended his organization and its name. Quote, no one owns the concept, Barnes said, adding, that as a black man, his life had been tainted by painful experiences with the police, including the 2011 death of his ex-husband, of his wife's ex-husband, sorry, allegedly at the hands of the LAPD. Though the social movement entered the national consciousness during the Ferguson demonstration in August 2014, he claimed Black Lives Matter had actually stolen his name and idea and cast the global movement as an opaque organization that hasn't been transparent about how it uses donations. Barnes registered his foundation in May 2015. It appears there was a lot of scamming going on, but how can it have to do with me, Barnes asked. I had plenty of motivation to create the Black Lives Matter Foundation, and the people who were doing, who were doing Black Lives Matter weren't interested in a foundation. They never created it. Now, all of a sudden, they're interested in it. So this guy created an organization in 2015, raised millions of dollars, BuzzFeed contacts GoFundMe and, get, GoFundMe and gets his foundation's money frozen. That is insane. Further, uh, they say further obscuring the situation is the movement's official name, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, Inc., which wasn't registered in the state of Delaware until 2017, while Barnes owns and operates the Black Lives Matter Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit registered in California. Because the official movement is a nonprofit, it raises money through a charity arm called Thousand Currents. Barnes's organization has benefited from the brand confusion as people have conflated the two and donated money to his charity via GoFundMe, PayPal, or employee donation matching platforms. They took my name and put this ink behind it, Barnes said. They took my name. I own that name. I haven't stolen anything from them. They have stolen from me. They have lied and been able to profit using my name. Barnes refused to tell BuzzFeed News how much his foundation had raised to date. He hasn't done anything with donations thus far, but insisted he intends to use those funds to create his prototypes for community, community and police bonding. As of 2017, this, the, uh, 2017, the year of the most recent publicly available tax filings, Barnes's Black Lives Matter Foundation has raised more than 300,000 in donations, a figure that has grown with the actual movement, uh, movement's rise in notoriety, a national shift in public opinion on systemic racism and a rush to charitable giving this spring. I got to stop right now and say something, man. Ryan Mack and Brianna Sachs. I got no beef, but they are not black individuals. Ray Barnes apparently is. 
They are targeting his foundation that he started before the official global network and getting his donation suspended. I got to say, BuzzFeed, I don't know what you're trying to pull here, but I can understand why you might not like what he's doing, but that's not your decision to make. To go after his funding when this, this to me reeks of overt racism on BuzzFeed News's part. Here's what they say. Although the names are similar, the organizations have very different stances on police relations. While the Black Lives Matter movement has advocated for the national defunding of the police and reinvestment of money into black community resources, what, what does that movement represent? And just because they have morphed into something larger over the past several years, doesn't mean you can come in and just take something away from someone who started it in 2015. They say, uh, Barnes's foundation wants to help bring the police and community closer together in an effort to save lives. Quote, today, we think most people would agree that regardless of race, something must be done to heal the rifts between some communities and the police. And with your help, we at BLM Foundation have the very ideas to, ju- to do just that, reads a Black Lives Matter Foundation mission statement posted to Benevity, a charity platform used by Apple, Google, and other companies to encourage employee, employee giving. So if this guy started this years ago, before there was any talk about abolishing police, and he said his goal was to actually solve this problem by bringing police closer together, how is he not the legitimate organization? I'm sorry, you're gonna have to back it up. He, may, he raised a couple hundred thousand dollars. What has he done with it? Honestly, don't know, but does it matter? You don't have a right to come in and accuse him of being the fraud. This is nuts to me. In the statement that quotes from both Harry, po- <laughs> wait, what? Harry Potter and former President Barack Obama, Barnes presents a vision for community organized programs or COP events that would bring police officers and members of certain neighborhoods together for an annual buffet dinner and other gatherings. He also describes a program that would distribute bulletins featuring positive news about police for display at local businesses. Quote, crime exists now and will forever continue. So we desperately need the services of the police. However, we need the services of good police, Barnes writes at the foundation. We need police officers that will respect all life equally and apply deadly force only when absolutely necessary. I know this may sound a little crazy, but what happened to warning shots and shooting shooting unarmed fleeing suspects in the leg? Now he's wrong about that for sure in terms of how police can respond. But it sounds to me like this guy has been working on this for a long time. And all of a sudden, a new movement emerged with different people asserting that their leaders claiming they have a right to take the name and create a new organization. The strange thing to me is that BuzzFeed immediately sides against him. Instead of writing an article where they say a new organization is claiming the rights to the name when an old organization already exists, they're painting it like he's somehow seizing the money from them. Barnes acknowledged to BuzzFeed News that his organization has a has a very different mission than the Black Lives Matter movement currently changing the country. We don't want to be enemies of the police. We will let the movement do that. The music producer said we want to get to the point where we have programs and that's where the change will happen. That's where we come in. I mean, I got to say, I agree with this guy. It can't be done overnight. The idea is to go slow. Barnes said of the work, calling his program a blueprint for how we can work with the police. Santa Clarita, however, does not have a police department. The city where the foundation is based contracts with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, and a spokesman told BuzzFeed News that it never heard of Barnes or his organization. Santa Clarita city manager was also not aware of the foundation, uh, uh, aware the foundation existed. The foundation's 2017 tax filing, its most recently available, shows that it took in more than 279,000 in contributions, while spending 89,000 on expenses, including $24,000 for Barnes's salary besides a $5,150 cash grant to something called the Family Renewal Development Center 
in Carson, California. There are no other disbursements or indications the foundation has worked on its stated goal of fostering better community relationships with the police. BuzzFeed News was unable to reach the center for comment. I got to stop right there, man. Listen, I worked for several nonprofits. I did fundraising. This guy getting a salary of $24,000 off of raising in one year, 300K, that's legit. I'm sorry, it's legit. He could have paid himself $300,000 and said he was doing community outreach. He's paying himself almost nothing. So I'm not super concerned about this. Sounds like BuzzFeed is going after a dude who's got a legit foundation and raising money and doing what he thinks he should do with it. People are donating to it because of the name, probably. Yeah, well, so what? He said nobody did a foundation, so he started one. He's got a legit 501c3. This seems to me like people who want power, who are going after somebody who started his own company and is doing his thing because he's not a part of their power structure. He's not one of these elites. It's possible he's just exploiting it for sure. But I got to tell you, man, living in, in, the, in the LA area or Santa Clarita, a salary of $24,000 is nothing, nothing. A couple grand per month, that's nothing, literally nothing. This guy's not rich. Here's what they say. Spokesperson for the California Attorney's General Office acknowledged BuzzFeed News' request for comment, but did not provide a statement. Despite the order, the Black Lives Matter Foundation was still listed online, uh, still listed on online donation platforms, which have only recently started to untangle the problems presented by its similar name. GoFundMe stopped all active campaigns associated with the foundation earlier. This is nuts. Wow. Froze $350,000, which included more than a thousand. This is crazy to me. Wow. A GoFundMe spokesperson, the company's, the company uses PayPal's giving fund to allow people to, to select charities. They say, we'll work with all campaign organizers to make sure the money goes to the right place to support the Black Lives Matter movement. The GoFundMe spokesperson said, from 2018 to 2019, the platform spent 1400 in donations to the Black Lives Matter Foundation. GoFundMe said it will refund that money if the donors did not intend for those funds to go to the Santa Clarita-based organization. I mean, look, buyer beware, man. So let's see how, uh, look, I'm not going to, let's, let's see how they, they, they finish this off. Cassie Fowler, Pledgling's chief impact officer, said the company attempted to reach the foundation but never heard back. Given our concern for donor confusion and the lack of response from the nonprofit, we proactively placed a warning label on the nonprofit page in 2017, alerting donors that there are multiple organizations with the same name. As a result, only three donors appear to have created campaigns for the Black Lives Matter Foundation this year, raising just $42. Barnes said he sympathizes with the black with Black Lives Matter supporters who unwittingly sent money to his organization, thinking they were donating it to the global movement. But he says it's a rare occurrence, arguing that people really do want to support his organization and its programs, which he finally feels ready to bring to fruition. Timing is everything, he said. I have nothing to hide. I am for real. This is part of my heart. I even wrote a song called Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Maybe I'll release it now. Update. Companies using Benevity raised $4 million between May 31st and June 5th. Initially, Benevity founder Brian D. Day Lottenville stated the period extended to June 7th. Okay, fine. This sounds like media bullying to me. Sounds like the media bullying an old black man who started a foundation five years ago, and now they're mad that they want their, their own foundation and they want to maintain those power structures. This is strange framing to me. It's not affiliated with the Black Lives Matter, Matter movement. It quite literally is. Define the movement. Who's a part of it? Who controls it? Who owns it? I'm sorry. Nobody. Just because prominent activists are saying abolish the police doesn't mean this guy's any lesser. In fact, I think this guy is better because he's trying to actually solve these problems, not just destroy police departments. What a weird story, man. I'm tired of the media bullying. I'll leave it there.
Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m., and I'll see you all then.